This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. In this show, we have uh, two disasters and one triumph to allude to. The disasters are spread across California, one in the north, one in the south. The triumph is rooted in California's movie industry, but actually comes from France. I'm speaking of, respectively, the additions and changes made to Sacramento's airport, which constitute a disaster. I I just don't think there's any other word for it. When you spend a billion dollars and unnecessarily inconvenience everyone trying to use the facility, well, I don't know. I think disaster is appropriate. When it comes to the matter of Southern California, disaster is without a doubt the appropriate word. In this case, I'm referring to the Salton Sea. A few weeks back and kicking around items to talk about in the show are Green Day's correspondent Jen Davidson suggested the Salton Sea. Yours truly found himself in the greater Palm Springs area in the last week and went over to check it out. And boy, (laughs) have I got some sad tales to relate about that, which I think I'll do in our second segment. The triumph I referred to is the movie The Artist, which I was quite knocked out by. We're not going to talk about it much on today's program, but on next week's show, we expect to speak to Gary Chu, our local film guy as well as David Keene, the film historian at the Niles SNA Film Museum. Turns out on that one, our other movie guy, Matt Perry, was not knocked out by the artist. At any rate, Mr. Perry's free to disagree. Difference of opinion is what makes it a horse race. But I'd stick to calling it a triumph of filmmaking. As always, we have a lot of ground to cover on today's program, and I'm pleased to note that in our second segment, we'll be joined by Bill Nye, the science guy. You have no doubt seen him on PBS, and he's currently the CEO of the Planetary Society. NASA is proposing a big cut to the science budget, uh, which will put a lot of these uh, space probes on the chopping block. We think that's a terrible idea, and we're going to talk to Mr. Bill Nye about that. In our third segment, we'll speak with one of our perennial favorites, Mr. Sean Mitten, about some sports items. So, with that in mind, let's get down to business, starting the show as we like to do with On This Date in History. Our date in question is the 16th of February, and it was on February 16th in 1923 that the tomb of King Tutankhamun was unsealed in Thebes, Egypt, by the archaeologist Howard Carter. I know, Mr. McMillan, you are not allowed to use Steve Martin's King Tut as betting music. Listed in 1937, DuPont chemist Wallace Carruthers patents nylon, as well as the process for making this now ubiquitous material, and perhaps spelling the end of hemp rope in America. For it was not long after nylon hit the market that there was an orchestrated campaign to get rid of that useful rope-making plant by lumping it together with the deadly marijuana and producing Reefer Madness, the movie, which you've no doubt seen. If you never have, check it out. It's a hoot. And ultimately one of the more spectacular failures of film documentary propaganda in history And on February 16th in 1979, the Bee Gees won a Grammy for their wonderful album, Saturday Night Fever, which for a long time reigned as the best-selling album in history. I think it has subsequently been uh, eclipsed, but it's still somewhere in the top five, I believe, and 
still holds up pretty well, if I do say so. And stop right there, Mr. McMillan. Stop. Stop. Do not reach for that buzzer. Our quote of the day comes from Albert Einstein, which comes to you, by the way, from the book Hannibal and Me by Andreas Kluth. We're very much looking forward to bringing Mr. Kluth in the program in the weeks to come. It's a good book. But said Einstein, a foolish faith in authority is the worst enemy of truth. To which he added at a different time, long live impudence. Actually, I think I'll relabel that our quip of the day. Our quote of the day, sounding quite a different tone, comes from Joseph Stalin who said, ideas are far more powerful than guns. We don't allow our enemies to have guns. Why should we allow them to have ideas? Our joke of the day was sent to us by Richard and is as follows. A conservative, a liberal, and a moderate walk into a bar. The bartender looks over and says, what do you have, Mitt? By the way, we do want to thank the Sacramento Bee for their Smart Mouths section on page two, which does make our life just a little bit easier. So let's uh, extract a few jokes slash quips from that section. Said Conan O'Brien earlier this week, White Castle is offering candlelit dinner service for Valentine's Day. It's the perfect way, really, to say to your partner, I'm hungry and I really don't love you that much. Also sounding off was Jimmy Fallon, who said, Jay-Z and Beyonce just released five pictures of their month-old daughter. Hear that? Facebook friends with babies? Only five pictures! And a one-liner we really can't resist, which goes way back, from Ben Franklin, is, He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. And before we do any stats, let's do some additional uh, quotations from our archives. Last month, the news got out that the Sacramento County Pension Board was raising their executives' pay. For example, the retirement administrator was going from $175,000 a year to $198,000. Also, their chief benefits officer, whatever that is, went from $130,000 to $147,000 a year. Our quote comes from Ted Somer, executive director of the United Public Employees Local No. 1, the county's biggest union, who said, we've had employees laid off who are making 30000 a year, and they're worried about keeping up with the Joneses? Then there was some news last summer about the Twin Rivers Unified School District Police Force going out and getting a bit aggressive. Among other things, towing vehicles that had expired tags, which, from which they were able to generate apparently $45,000 last year, which was a 55% increase in their revenue from the year before. The part I liked the best that was when the Sacramento Bee reported that the Twin Rivers officials confirmed that a district sergeant had sent an internal email to officers last March telling them the department needed to tow four vehicles a day. Our quote lies with the comment by police spokesman William Chu, who recalled after this was sent that, quote, it shouldn't have been written. It was a misunderstanding. Note, he didn't say we should try and not tow four vehicles a day. He just said that the, that the memo was a mistake. And when we found out of the files from February of 05, quoted Marine Lieutenant General James Mattis commenting about the war in Iraq, saying, well, it's fun to shoot some people. Mattis, who's been known to his troops as Mad Dog Mattis, apparently told 200 people at the San Diego Convention Center at that time that, quote, actually, it's a lot of fun to fight. You know, it's a hell of a hoot. It's fun to shoot some people. I'll be right up front with you. I like brawling. 
All right, our stat of the day, oddly enough, comes from foxnews.com, which is that 98% of American Catholic women have used artificial birth control, according to a 2011 study by the Guttmacher Institute, described as a nonpartisan sexual research organization. Of course, I did like that phrase, artificial birth control. There is a thing called natural birth control, or the rhythm method. Its uh, practitioners are generally known by a different name. Parents. And from our letters department, I had to laugh when Bruce sent us a note last uh, Thursday saying, did y'all do a program on this date in history? As it turned out, we were preempted last Thursday for the first time in nine and a half years by a basketball game. But of course, if you don't find us on your radio dial at 5 p.m., you always have the option of going to radioparallax.com, which Bruce did and then sent an email saying, thanks for your excellent work. Bruce, you're welcome. On that note, let's jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for living your dreams, sort of, with the following item. John C. Hughes of Butte, Montana, led police on a wild 100-mile-per-hour chase that ended only when police blew out his tires. When asked why he baited cops into chasing him, Hughes, who was sober and had committed no crime, responded, I just always wanted to do that. It was, on the other hand, a bad week for family traditions after a Pennsylvania man drove to a police station to pick up a son just charged with drunk driving. Police determined that the father, too, was drunk and charged him with a DUI. Well, as Mr. Mellon likes to point out, the apple does not fall that far from the tree. All right, and it was an ugly week. Actually, this is an ugly week, part one, for our inane legal system last week. In view of the fact that a West Virginia college student is suing his fraternity, alleging that he fell off a deck when a drunken frat brother fired a bottle rocket out of his own anus. Yes, Lewis Helmberg III alleges that Travis Hughes' bottle rocket stunt so startled him that he jumped back and fell. The lawsuit states... Firing bottle rockets out of one's anus constitutes an ultra-hazardous activity. So in keeping with this, Radio Parallax would like to make the following public service announcement. If you are precariously perched on a deck and someone next to you fires a bottle rocket out of his anus, please hold on to the deck. And uh, it was an ugly week, part two for our inane legal system last week with the news that a football fan is suing the city of San Diego for the right to yell profanities at sporting events. Evidently, Eric Holguin was ejected from a Chargers game after a verbal altercation with rival fans and now claims that the NFL's prohibition on fan cursing is blatantly unconstitutional. Said Holguin's attorney, A fan has a right to say F you. It's a public place. Is this a great country or what? Right, let's hit the miscellaneous file. We know with some sadness that according to the McClatchy newspapers last month, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists has advanced the doomsday clock hand one minute. The doomsday clock symbolizes how close the world is to catastrophe. And getting one minute closer to midnight, board members of the science organization said they hope political leaders will heed a call to action. And you know, let's face it, having a lot of missiles with atomic warheads on top of them pointed at one another, meaning like 
us and this and Russia. Well, that's not a good idea. I mean, the Cold War has been canceled now for about two decades. How about this item? As Chinese celebrated the start of the Year of the Dragon a few weeks back, hospitals across Asia are prepared for a baby boom. Children born under that sign of the Chinese zodiac are supposedly destined to be intelligent and wealthy. In 2000, which roughly coincided with the last dragon year, births went up by more than 5% in Hong Kong, and China expects a similar rise this year. According to K.M. Wong, president of the Malaysia Feng Shui Association, which is frankly an association we don't, we don't quote very often, when the dragon wants to do something, there will be no stopping him. By the way, has anybody ever pointed out to the Chinese that there are no such things as dragons? Another miscellaneous fire related to our inane legal system comes from the San Francisco Chronicle, dateline December 24th of 2010. We've been sitting on this one for a while. Noting that merchants are calling ADA lawsuits stifling. We will be addressing this issue at some greater length, I think, in the months to come, but uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act allows people who are disabled in some capacity to sue businesses that uh, they judge are not sufficiently accessible to them. This is considered a civil rights violation. And if you go up and find what you perceive to be 20 or 30 different uh, uh, impediments that don't exactly meet the specifications as prescribed by law, you can sue for 30 infractions. In the case of the article in the Chronicle, it was a lawyer, it was a Craig Thomas Yates, who uses a wheelchair and cruises around looking for people to sue. A bookstore owner was quoted as saying, Yates is picking off small business owners like grapes on a vine. This is vexatious litigation, and the city has to be made aware that its commercial landscape is being damaged by this. Small businesses are really being hurt. And we have observed that, uh, as in so many cases, with the road to hell being paved with good intentions, this law is being misused to the detriment of many of us. And as I say, we'll make an effort to return to this topic in the weeks and months to come. And here's one we definitely need help with, folks. The last article I have in my possession regarding this issue is months old. It refers to the fact that uh, for decades, people in Davis living on Olive Drive have accessed downtown Davis by simply walking across the railroad tracks. The Union Pacific Railroad, probably due to our legal climate, decided that they needed to stop this illegal and dangerous practice. While driving to do this uh, show, a few months back, I noted that a large, ugly fence has been put up, and it does seem to effectively isolate the entirety of Olive Drive from downtown Davis. If you live on Olive Drive or in Davis or just know a lot about this, please drop us a line at info at there's got to be a better solution than this, than forcing everybody to walk down to the tunnel that uh, goes under the railroad tracks at downtown Davis. I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be a better solution to this. Let us know what you know. All right, I want to close off this segment by going back to the disaster of what has happened to the Sacramento airport. You can bet we're going to return to this topic in the weeks to come. We're going to try and make an effort to go out there and, and figure out what the hell happened. For the longest time, Sacramento has had a user-friendly airport. As recently as last year, they had a Terminal A and a Terminal B, the old terminal and new terminal, if you will. Well, the old one got torn down, and somewhere along the way got replaced by this new monstrosity. 
I'm thankful that last week I was dropped off by Mr. McMillan. Had I tried to park and find my way into that airport, I would have had problems. Unless you can go up to the fifth floor and then actually walk over now, you're forced to take a bus after you've parked your car. You park your car and you have to bus in. This is crazy. The people that voted for this on the Sacramento City Council and County Board of Supervisors need to be replaced. Of course, that opinion, like all those heard on this program, do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. But in the opinion of this correspondent, if you were dumb enough to vote for the changes that were made to that airport, you need to be returned to civilian life. And when I say that, I'm not even addressing the issue of the crazy rabbit. Apparently, being able to park your car and walk into the terminal, well, that was just too simple. That had to be stopped. And apparently some among our powers that be developed, people mover envy. You go to other airports and you see they have people movers. Well, they decided, doggone it, Sacramento ought to have a people mover too. So now instead of walking the hundred yards between where the security check is and where you need to go, you have to get on a small little BART train type people mover. If you're thinking about uh, flying anywhere in in the near future, I would suggest you check out Oakland. San Francisco, San Jose, maybe Stockton, places that still have real airports. Sacramento now has a laughingstock airport. Now, I know in this program last year we made fun of the Bogota, Colombia airport, the signage of which was so bad we couldn't actually locate the international airport. But doggone it, we were not proposing that as an example to be followed in Sacramento, although apparently it has been. This is getting me so worked up, I'm going to have to drop it and return to it, you know, next week, the week after, maybe the week after that. We're going to go out and take a look at the site, report on this, and see if we can get someone from officialdom to get on the phone and explain to us why in God's name they made these egregious changes. But I want to end on a good note. So I, I think I should say that in going down to Southern California last week, I checked out another type of people mover. In this case, a good one, the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway. The promotional material for it describe it as majestic, monumental, and magnificent. And for once, they weren't exaggerating. It's all the above. I must say, the vision of these tram builders who decided to take you from 2,600 feet up to 8,500 feet up a precipitous rocky canyon, ah, man, gutsy move and a hell of a piece of engineering. The life zones you traverse are the equivalent of starting out in Mexico and winding up in Alaska. Very cool. To be recommended. And maybe the best part about it, even though you're in Southern California, even though you're on a high-tech ride, when you get off, there are not people in animal costumes. And there's barely a gift shop to be found. Anyway, let's take a short break. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. Let's talk to Bill Nye, the science guy. Stick around. Mm-hmm. 